0: Hey folks, this is Sister Helena Burns from the Daughters of St. Paul in Jamaica Plain, continuing our series on Theology of the Body by John Paul II, and this is session number six. We were talking about what was happening in the 1500s in the fields of science, philosophy, and theology that caused a huge rift that we're still experiencing the fallout today from between the physical and the spiritual. We left off in the middle of Theology in the fifteen hundreds. What was happening in the world of theology with Martin Luther, splitting physical and spiritual apart. So, again, um, are we dissing somebody's religion by by critiquing Father Luther? He was a Catholic priest. He was one of ours. <laughs> um, uh, no, no. We are we are talking about history. What actually happened, and we're we're examining truth claims. So, if somebody says this is what I believe, or this is my religion, or this is my interpretation of scripture. Well, they're making truth claims. And we we can't just say to everybody, yes, okay, fine, fine. Um, No, we, we, normal human activity, we examine truth claims. And people should examine the truth claims of the Catholic Church. Any religion, any ideology, any philosophy, anything, right? Critical thinking is important, right? So we're not dissing anybody's religion. And I will Um, get back to that too um, because even though nobody had presumed up until then to kind of start their own church or break off and begin founding churches um, the times were ripe as we will see the times were ripe for that so if it wasn't father luther somebody else would have done it i am convinced of that so when Luther left the Catholic Church and began his own form of Christianity, um, saying that you know the Catholics got it wrong, and as we know, some Christian, uh, be- other Christian beliefs are that well, the true church kind of went away after the early church, and it was just didn't exist anymore, which is not what Jesus promised, but it had to be refounded. It had to be refound and recreated, and um, all of that. Okay, so that was what was going on there, and by going completely spiritual by breaking away one of the first things luther did was to dismantle the sacraments and the sacraments are god working through matter all seven sacraments were founded by jesus christ when he was on this earth to give grace these are physical outward signs that accomplish what they signify so the water of baptism actually washes original sin away and it's God working through matter. But if you don't think matter matters, as, as is happening in this great physical-spiritual split in science, philosophy, and religion, then you kind of deny that God is working through matter. God is really at work in our world, only spiritually at work. But we are physical and spiritual beings. We're not just spiritual beings. So what does that mean for the body then, the human body, right? But going all spiritual makes sense if you're going to start a new religion, because then it can be whatever you think it is, whatever you say it is, whatever you want it to be. And so today we have that spiritual, I'm spiritual, but not religious. And hopefully we will take that up in another uh, Theology of the Body session, but that's a little more to unpack. But nobody would have ever said that, you know, 500 years ago, I'm spiritual, but not religious, because... They're, one is spiritual, one is physical, and you can't separate them. In a nutshell, to be spiritual, that's of the soul, and to be religious, that's of the body. So are you saying that your soul is doing something that your body is not? And actually, religion... Um, What that really means doesn't mean a bunch of rules and regulations. It means relegare, to bind. To bind oneself to God and God's way of life. What's not to like about that? Sign me up. Okay, but again, like I said, we're not going to delve into I'm spiritual but not religious right now. Religion was no longer tied to anything physical in the 1500s with the split, the, the split of Martin Luther. But I'm sure he didn't mean to do this, but it actually distanced us from reality, the reality, the historical reality of 2,000 years ago. It distanced us by only going spiritual and and leaving the physical behind from creation, from nature, from authority, from sacraments, history, and events. It even distanced Christianity from Jesus, who is the incarnation, God-made man, the Word-made flesh, the real presence in the Eucharist and blessed sacrament. There is more proof that Jesus lived Than that Julius Caesar ever did. So Martin Luther said things like, there is no such thing as the visible priesthood. We are each our own priest, thus dismantling the entire sacramental priesthood. And now it's true that we are priests. We are baptized. uh, We have the baptism of the faithful, but we are not priests for ourselves. We are priests for others. He said, there's no such thing as the visible church. So you can see how this is taking concrete physical things and saying that they don't exist or that in their physical manifestations, they are irrelevant. And that's why you can make them whatever you want them to be. Now, I'd love to recommend a book here by John Cardinal Fisher, or, or rather Cardinal John Fisher. You've probably heard of him. He was um, martyred with St. Thomas More. They're both saints. But he wrote a book in response to Luther. He was a contemporary, and it's called In Defense of the Priesthood. And it reads like a modern-day apologetics book. It's still around. Um, you can get it. Um, great book. So, like I said, before we blame poor Father Martin Luther for all of today's ever more fragmented Christianity, suffice it to say that the times were ripe for this sort of thing. If, uh, if not him, surely someone else would have broken away. Why? Well, remember the world. Science was going all physical and denying outrightly denying the spiritual even though that it was it was beyond its realm to do that philosophy was going all spiritual and denying the physical as well and on top of it all there was something else developing at the time in the world of media i mean this was this was a time of tremendous progress tremendous development in civilization so what was happening in the world of media well, what was happening also in Germany, Martin Luther's Germany, was the invention of the printing press. Johannes Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1439. Up until then, as you know, books were written out and copied by hand, so obviously there weren't a lot of them, and they were very expensive, which was hunky-dory with most medieval folks because they couldn't read anyway. But now, along with a growing literacy in the population, books could be mass-produced. So this was the beginning of mass media that could educate, inspire, and entertain, but could also rapidly spread new ideas, new movements, and new religions. So Martin Luther published his own catechism, which is a way of teaching um, the Bible. It's a way of teaching the faith, um, teaching devotions, etc. And it said that at a certain point in Germany, you could tell which way a parish was going. Was it going to stay Catholic or go Lutheran, depending on which catechism was being used in the particular parish? Also, your prince, because remember, there is no separation of church and state. I know that's so hard for us Americans to understand, but never in the history of mankind was there any kind of separation of church and state. Remember, emperors were divine and stuff like that. Um, It's just a thing. Like You were the religion of your prince. You were the religion of your country, um, your tribe, whatever. There was no like freedom of religion and there was no separation of church and state uh, per se, right? So just remember that. Now, Father Peter Canisius, he's now St. Peter Canisius, a Dutch Jesuit priest, had his own Catholic catechism printed, mass produced, um, kind of in response to Luther's. And it was translated into Polish. And took firm hold in Poland but the the Luther Martin Luther's catechism was translated into a lot of other languages um, and it spread around Europe it swept Europe in the Nordic countries which became the Scandinavia became firmly Lutheran but Poland remained Catholic because of this Polish Catholic catechism and as we know Poland produced John Paul (laughs) II thus the power of the media and Scientists and philosophers were also using the new printing medium to get their books and their ideas into people's hands. So to review, science went all physical to the denial of the spiritual. Now, of course, science is only supposed to deal with the physical, yes, and not make definitive statements about God and the spiritual. And it might seem, you know, that science at least is the only of these three areas still affirming the goodness and importance of matter, the physical, because the new trends in philosophy and theology certainly were not. Yes, true, but unfortunately, many scientists of that day became atheists or no longer saw the spiritual, the mystery, the meaning, the beauty, and the glory of God in creation and nature. Many scientists begin to see in the universe just raw material only to be used and manipulated as tools and commodities, which was actually reducing the physical to something less than it rightfully is. And it was no longer certainly a revelation of God. So there's not a lot we could learn deeper from nature. The Middle Ages saw God everywhere. They saw God in the physical, but this was being like rooted out of people. God is not in our world. He's not in the sacraments. He's not working through matter. He's up high, pie in the sky somewhere. And you're on your own and uh, we're alone in the universe and it's all up to us to figure it out. Also, science, we love science, right? As Catholics, we love science. <laughs> it's wonderful. All science does is tell us how amazing God made everything and how it works best. We love science. Um, science yeah, is what you do with it, right? So without ethics, science can be politicized. It can turn into an ideology like eugenics. Um, it can be monetized with big business and big pharma. And again, we need we need drugs. We need, But we know drugs can also be made to hurt people or to be too expensive and withheld from people or, or whatever. And also there's a the question of what gets funded in science. We need ethics in science. Also, believing scientists today are discredited, as we know they're under suspicion. Oh, can we really trust that person? Francis S. Collins, who headed up the NIH eventually and mapped out the entire human genome. He was head of that project. He almost didn't get a lot of his jobs because, oh, but he's Christian. He can't be a good scientist and be a Christian at the same time. All right. So we have covered science, philosophy, and theology. Science went all physical in the 1500s, philosophy went all spiritual in the 1500s, theology went all spiritual, and the media was used to rapidly and persuasively spread these new divided ideas. And we've been living this body-soul split for centuries, and it continues to morph into new forms. But what is the separation of soul and body? What is the definition of the separation of soul and body? Death. So thus the culture of death, what John Paul II called our culture being a culture of death, heading to a culture of death. And that can be lived out in many ways. So on that very sad note, We will uh, pause till next time. Thanks, and God bless. Thank you, Sister. And of course, that was Sister Helena Burns, and she'll be back next week with Chapter 7 of her series on the Theology of the Body. Remember, you can visit the Daughters of St. Paul Bookstore, which is on Route 1 South, right across from Legacy Place in Dedham, and you can also visit their store at PaulineStore.com. That's PaulineStore.com. Have a blessed day.